We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey everybody, Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. To you, the listener, I want you to know that I appreciate you and I'm thrilled to have you here for another amazing episode. If there's ever anything that I can do to support you, please reach out. That being said, LinkedIn is going to be the best way that you can find me. Search for Lori Hybe. You can simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing, strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and upcoming events. If you'd like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references Social Capital. I can't wait to hear from you. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer, you first need to understand who that customer is. Learn more at keystoneclick.com. Today's guest is Peter Lindbergh. Peter is the founder and CEO of Mobilo, the smart business card. He has had his fingers on the pulse of technology since the 1990s, starting multiple companies and taking on 3D printing. After a period of some consulting and failed startup projects, Peter stumbled upon RFID and its untapped potential. This led to the launch of Mobilo. Peter, welcome to the show. Lori, thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here and I appreciate you too. I just wanted to say that. Oh, that's awfully nice of you. You're the first person to say that back. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm excited for this conversation because your, your topics are something that all resonate with me. Um, specifically, this first one where you're tying in networking versus advertising. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, uh, networking is is often uh, scary, and advertising is a little easier. Even though you're you're putting yourself out there in a different way, uh, it's it's a little less confrontational, right? Running an ad is is uh, is easier to do. Uh, networking might be a bigger step for some people. On the other hand, it's it's all about strategic fit. So when I think networking versus advertising. Um, look back at your product and, and, and figure out what's, what's important for you. Do you really prefer to meet a couple of people and can that make your month or quarter um, a big time or, or do you really need to be with the masses and find the right fit there? So, so what do you think, Laurie? What's, what's, uh, what was your first thought when you heard about this? Uh, well, networking, I thought you just had to be in the big, in the, in the sea of the masses. My perspective has changed a lot though. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, this, this is definitely what I'm fascinated with. And it's it's more about the investment, the long-term investment um, with a few people as opposed to, you know, short snippets of time with many, many people. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's something to say for that, right? Because you could you could see it as speed dating. We actually sponsored a speed dating event. Uh, not too long ago uh, at a small business expo uh, where where we tried to support people and really meet as many people as as, as you could do sort of a, a qualification and say okay are we 
you know, is this, this is, let's keep it professional. Let's keep it business. How are you a good fit? Could I be a supplier to you? Could, could I be a customer uh, uh, to you? And, uh, and if, you know, if you both re represent your company in 30 seconds, do, then figure out if you're a good match, then, then that's also good enough because then you can shake hands and say, good, I'm going to see, honestly, see if there's anybody else I, I should be talking to. And uh, that, that, that is okay. Um, that is, it's, it's okay to, to say, hey, thanks, good talk to you. And, and I'll reach out afterwards to, to see if we need to schedule a separate time for uh, an in-depth discussion, uh, a, a meeting separately to, to do a demo or to get or simply gather more information. Um, and, and again, about when I, when I speak to about strategic fit, I really believe that, that maybe you need to do both networking and advertising mm -hmm. so yeah there's a there's an art to to good networking and uh and i wasn't i was actually really bad at networking I, I i didn't get really good at networking until i moved uh to the united states so there's that well and, and advertising is definitely something close to my heart more so the the bigger picture marketing component of it i mean i very much believe in in brand awareness which um you know, building your personal brand is a vital component when it comes to networking. And, and again, it's that bigger play of networking where um, people start to know you for very specific skill sets or expertise. And that's where that referral opportunity can come in. So um, I don't necessarily think that there's a, a versus, I think there's, you know, how can they collaborate and cooperate together? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I've heard, um, which makes me think about of something. I've heard uh, an artist not too long ago, it was a, a rapper, saying, "Hey, I'm going to build my fan base one fan at a time, at a, one fan per day, basically." And mm. and imagine that, right? If you've built your your network to be 365 people by the end of the year, you could organize an event, and if all 365 people are legit, genuine. Um, 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 fans or, or interested in, in what you have to say or uh, or a good community, then that would be worth it to organize the event for by itself, right? If you fill a room with 200 people, it would already be a great event. I think okay. even 50 people would already be, would, would be fantastic. So um, that's what you can do with networking. Obviously with, with um, uh, if I would stand uh, outside here, New York City, uh, and I would go outside and walk up to uh, Times Square, I would meet 120,000 people every single day, but if I don't have anything to tell them that resonates with them, I'm I'm shooting I'm shooting in the dark. 100% agree, and that's where those two, advertising and networking, kind of tie in together because getting some conciseness with your messaging and clarity with your messaging is what ultimately attracts people to you when you have that initial conversation with them. Like you were talking Absolutely. about the, the speed networking. I mean, you've got. 30 seconds to, to wow someone, you want to have a really polished message. And that's kind of where the marketing and advertising comes into play. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true, definitely. What would be your elevator pitch, uh, Lori? <laughs> oh, put me on the spot. No, um, so uh, Keystone Click is a strategic digital marketing agency. We help our clients build brand awareness and generate leads online. We primarily work with the B2B industrial manufacturer. And we um, support building their brand awareness and generating leads by first conducting research and then building a strategic plan that's focused on helping our clients achieve their business goals. 
That's awesome. That's really good. That's strong. It's fluent. It's uh, it's nice to give me a little bit of detail. Um, uh, yeah, the only the only thing that I, I think I'm missing would be like a, a real pain point or a question for like, hey, Peter, how can, you know, would you like to double your leads or have you seen any difficulty in growing your leads or or um, do you have any idea how many leads you're generating on a day? No, that's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Good thank work, Tori. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, let's, let's switch the conversation a little bit um, around technology because that's another area you know, is we're, we're digital space focusing heavily on um, web development and, you know, technology such as podcasts and whatnot. Um, how do you see potential in undervalued technology? How do I see potential in undervalued uh, technology? Well, first of all, I am a real techie and I think um, um, I, I, my, my, my father has uh, brought me um, very early on in touch with with computers, and uh, so my my love for technology really really grew. And way beyond uh, the the, nece- the necessity of technology, but I I I, I consider myself a geek a nerd. Um, but now uh, that technology has has really taken taken over so much of our lives, I I really think it's important that technology is a is, is there as an assistant. It should be on the side. But it should be it should be catching wherever we, um, uh, as human beings, can can be served and helped. And maybe so. For instance, I'll give you an example. I think one of the reasons why I love uh, Mobilo is because it helps me stay in touch with people in the perfect way. I I still need to make it personal. That's what I have to do as a human. I but I forget that I've met people. I forget what I've spoken to them about. And um, as I am super jealous of my wife, who doesn't forget anything. Whenever we go to birthday parties or uh, in general, she always uh, whispers in my ear that you know this this person was we met at that party over there, and and then that was and remembers even uh, a husband or a wife's name. That I'm so bad at that, and I believe that technology uh, could be a great assistant uh, there. And, and, and as long as it's not intrusive, then then I think we're on the right track. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I, I'm glad that you said as long as it's not intrusive, because I think that there's a lot of uh, reservation around advancing things in some people's minds because of that, um, you know, that intrusiveness and getting getting too personal in some areas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, too personal uh, is, is not good. Anything too uh, much is, is never good anyway. Um, but I, I believe technology can be an, a really great asset uh, if we if we if we keep it a little bit um, tamed towards and, and tailored towards what we needed to do. Yeah, um, are you, are you ever scared of technology taking over, Lori? Oh wow, that you're asking me some really fun questions. Am I scared of technology taking over? You know, it's I would say what would be. Sc- scarier is the person or the people behind the development of the technology and what their true intentions are with what they're developing. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I believe that, you know, I'm originally from the Netherlands. Uh, that's a small country uh, left of Germany. Uh, and, uh, and on the other side of the water is, uh, is the UK, a uh, very tiny country, but Europe, um, um, as you may know, is, is incredibly strict upon uh, privacy and whatever um, you as a company have access to or are even allowed to use 
and or even allowed to store. So uh, the, the right to be forgotten uh, is something that, that I don't think we really uh, honor or know as well as much on this side of the world. Um, and I, I am kind of, I find myself always with one foot still a little bit in Europe and that when, that, when I think about technology and, and uh, I, I'm not a fan of regulation as much. Um, on the other side, I do believe that uh, there's stuff that we might not all understand too much. Even experts are sometimes trying to grasp the impact of artificial intelligence and machine learning and what, what it all can and cannot do. So yeah, I, I believe some sort of protection may be uh, helpful or, or at least uh, lots and lots of education. Um, yeah, I think that summarizes it a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. So let's let's talk about this a little bit. You've, you've obviously mentioned the Netherlands and that you, you lived in Europe for a bit, but now you're in New York City. What's What's been kind of your biggest surprise on, on this shift that you've made? Oh, um, surprise. Yes, uh, lots and lots of surprises. In the beginning, I thought that um, New York was, was relatively similar to culture in Amsterdam. People are direct. Uh, you know, the Dutch are often seen as direct, sometimes um, uh, blunt and, um, and rude as well. Uh, they, they don't mean bad. You know, I'm just sticking out here for my, uh, for my fellow Dutch people, but uh, they, they mean well, but yes, they, they will ask you about things that they're sincerely wondering and they will, they will, they will say it's, um, when somebody else, when they think something's dumb, they will say, Ooh, that I don't, I think that's pretty dumb. And that's something that you would never, ever hear, um, even from the most direct people in, uh, in, in New York, I think. So, um, I was, uh, I really had to adjust to think a little bit more about uh, how I said things, even though I might still have been uh, of the same mindset. I'm, I, you know, communication is a true uh, skill. And I believe that I've gotten a little bit better at it um, through ups and downs and uh, various conversations uh, with people that said, hey, you really can't say that that way. But um, some things uh, that came out of that was really that I'm a lot better in co communication about, but also addressing things. And uh, when things aren't working, I won't beat around the bush. Uh, we'll pull somebody in a separate room and say, hey, um, I, I have the feeling or, or that this is really working. What do you think? And then start a conversation from there. And on the other side, uh, when things are working, you can really cheer them on. And there's no, no better way to celebrate than, uh, than, than with people that know how to celebrate. And I think if I would compare the two worlds, then uh, definitely um, I, we're better off celebrating here in the U.S. than anywhere else. Um, fascinating, fascinating. I love the directiveness. I didn't know that much. I don't. I don't have many uh, European contacts in my back pocket. I've interviewed a handful of people um, over time. Um, but I'm a very direct human being, so I love that. That's kind of the overall personality, <laughs> um, which is which is interesting to share. Yeah, I mean, it, it saves everybody time, right? If you don't, if you oh, yeah. if you're, if you're not a fan of something, <laughs> exactly. What yeah. are you saying? What do you mean? Uh, yeah. All right. Um, so, Peter, this is a good time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor. Cool. Social Capital is sponsored by Keystone Click. 
Located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Keystone Click is a strategic digital marketing agency focused on helping their clients generate and nurture opportunities online. For Social Capital listeners, they've created an awesome Guide to Profits booklet featuring 42 tips on how to build brand awareness, generate leads, and nurture those opportunities online. Visit keystoneclick.com backslash profits to download your own guide today. Peter, we've been talking a little bit about networking and relationships and personalities and whatnot. Um, And you even said this uh, fairly early on. So networking is a scary word. It invokes fear, hesitation, uncertainty. And my goal is to really help alleviate some of those fears. And I'm hoping that you can help me do that. So if you could share with our listeners, one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I, I just moved uh, to New York, I um, helped the company pivot from B2C to B2B. And with that, we had to build a sales team. So I hired um, a few sales uh, folks and then thought it would be a good idea to uh, to get a sales trainer for a couple of days in to, to really have everybody bond and and also um i selfishly i wanted to get the sales trainer on board so that i could get some coaching as well for the anticipated cultural differences so one of the things that the sales trainer said to me peter let's go let's go networking uh (laughs) and uh and so he and this was really an like you know sales coaches maybe you you have a certain idea with that and um and some are great some are not so great i'll leave that in the middle this guy was fantastic not only was he able to uh to teach skills uh like closing a deal without making it super salesy but also um he said here you have to you have to come with me go networking and and put your your elevator pitch to the test and his definition of networking was just so different than mine and I I didn't find that out until I I met him at that event and I can still remember it as a day of yesterday I showed up had 25 business cards and so I found uh, my guy and walked into a room with about uh, 70 or 80 people and this was um, a New York executive club if I remember correctly and uh, so he looked at me you had kind of one glass uh, of, of uh, a beer in, in one hand and then a snack in the other and with his mouth half full of food. He said, okay, let's go. How many business cards did you bring? I said, 25. He laughed at me and said, that's that's not enough, my friend. You're going to be out of business in half an hour. I said, okay, well, uh, that's scary. I used to speak to four or five people and that would be a successful evening of networking for me for an hour and a half. He said, we're going to do it differently. So this guy as a sales uh, uh, strategy trainer, uh, he knew everybody in that whole room. So he simply smacked me around the room. And then the first person that was next to us, he said, hey, whatever his name was, John, John, talk to Peter, introduce yourself. So you do your 30 second elevator pitch like you just did, Laurie, and you you shake hands. Uh, I don't know if you would still do that right now, uh, but you would ask each other, say, hey, good, what do, you, what, do you, what do you do? So you do your elevator pitch and then ask them, what are your what are your business biggest customers look like, uh, and then what are your biggest suppliers uh, look like, and then you see if there's a fit, and and that's it. You shake hands, you exchange business cards, and then you say, well, do you think it's uh, it's would it be good for for us to keep in touch? Uh, and then you can be honest, right? You can say, well, you know, whenever something comes to mind, I'll I'll reach out, or you can say, I'd love to 
set something up for next week, uh, follow up and, and get into uh, more details about a specific subject. Then you make a note of that and you move on. You turn around and literally the next person, you stick out your hand and say, hi, I'm Lori or hi, I'm Peter. Um, what do you do? And then you repeat the whole cycle. Within an hour, I literally spoke to 40 people. I know it was through my business cards and uh, I had to start taking somebody else's business cards and, and make a lot of notes. But that was, I was sweating. I was nervous. I was, everything was different than, than what I've done. But obviously after an hour, you're, uh, and repeating your, your elevator pitch for, for 30 or 40 times, um, things start to click and you get better at it. You get really, really great at it, actually. So I, I would encourage anybody uh, and everybody that thinks about networking as, uh, as, as difficult or as scary to, to really jump in head first. And, you know, what, what, what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah, I mean, just like anything, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And, and, and that's something, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? Just get over that hurdle of doing mm -hmm. it. <laughs> and then more times, at least in my personal experiences, once you get over the hurdle, I realized I had more stress and anxiety over the anticipation of doing it than it, you know, the, the actual doing of the, of whatever it was that like, oh, that was a lot easier than I made it out to be. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it was so much fun. And, and this, this is really one of my favorite stories about networking. And, and, I, have, and I have that sales trainer to, to thank him for it because I think otherwise I, I would have never thought about networking this way. Um, it's, it's fun. It's really, really great. And when you go, you get home, you're tired, but you're also full of energy because you've sp spoken to so many people. And they're all great people. Like everybody you meet is great because they showed up to that same event for the same reason. They wanted to get to know other people so you meet everybody and they're there you, you just made 40 or 50 new new friends and maybe you're not gonna be friends forever and and uh, invite somebody over to your birthday party but um they were all there uh happy to share uh, maybe a tip or a trick in their area and you can ask people about their business and what what makes it that 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 what makes them stand out what makes that makes them the, the, the best at what they do and it's, you could, there's so much to learn. And I think you'll quickly figure out that you'll have some, so much to share as well about what you know about your business and what, what, what makes your business so great. Yeah, absolutely. So um, when you're creating these connections, we're talking about, you know, this initial touch that you're, you're saying, you know, this is, you're meeting someone first, first time, but it's really important to nurture these relationships. So how do you stay in front of and best nurture network and the community that you're creating hmm. my favorite question uh, because this is this is really why we build uh, mobilo uh, you can we can we can stay in touch by uh, uh, me following you Lori, on, on linkedin and if you are a genius at creating content like you do every single day then that would be easy because i would see uh, and be reminded of your of your content every day that i the moment I open up LinkedIn, I'm not as as good at that. So what I need is a is a is a personal CRM, a tool that that where I keep can keep track of of every contact that I made, and I give that contact a status. So there should always be a follow up uh, note to everybody that you meet, and that follow up note can be check in in three months, check in in six months. That follow up note could be reach out next week to schedule a meeting. 
uh, or um, the follow-up note could be in 10 days, send an article over because that's what we talked about. Uh, that follow-up note could be call five times today because we need to get a meeting on the books tomorrow. But there has to be a next step for everybody in your professional networking um, uh, uh, sphere. So whenever you meet somebody, I, I believe that you need to have a good list and a good overview of who you still need to meet with. And then, yeah, you qualify as, 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 uh, as tough as it may, may sound, but you have to, to qualify and see what is this a good fit for me or no. And then um, either put uh, that email address on a nurture track or, uh, or stay on top of it through personal interactions. Love that. Sounds like you have a very clear plan. Um, but being laser focused on who it is that you want to be building those relationships with is, is definitely important. So what advice would you offer that business professional who's really looking to grow their network? Um, what advice would I offer to business professionals looking to grow the network? Um, I, I think when you look um, at a city as uh, like New York, uh, New York City, and I, I Unfortunately, uh, that's that's the only place that I have really have in-depth experience. But if I would go to Eventbrite or Meetup uh, or any of these event uh, organization tools uh, online, I can find something on my specific topic almost every day to go to. So um, make time for it and uh, and and make an effort to to once or twice a week go for an hour to these networking events. And, and try to find the people that uh, you need to find. If you also figure out that you went to one of these events and that's not the right audience for you, then you know be uh, be strict about it and, and and scrap it and say I'm not ever going to go there again because that's not the people that I my people. That's not the people that I'm looking for. That's not the the industry that that is good fit for me. Um, so yeah, through through that you can get a long long way. And I think um, the newest. Um, Opportunity of course, of course, ahead of you is is online uh, events. There's there's lots of those too, and some are better organized than others. But often uh, during keynotes, there's there are separate tracks where you can reach out to people on the side. You can research them a little bit, do a, a Google, a quick Google, or look at a LinkedIn profile and say, hey, we'd love to to get to know you better, learn a little bit more about your product or how we can help. And uh, the good thing is that everybody will be there for the same reason. So. Yeah, in 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 uh, real life events are are here to uh, again, right? People are going back, and um, and I would leverage that to the fullest. Love it. I think that's um, fantastic advice to share. So I've got a fun one for you now. If you could go back to your twenty year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? <laughs> I would probably buy a little bit more Bitcoin, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, everything else, uh, I must say that I've. I often say that Mobilo is built on a thousand mistakes, and uh, that's true. I have made so many mistakes uh, that, but but all of them, kind of had their had their reason. Everything I do believe that everything happens for a reason, good or bad. So I would I would say keep going. It'll be fine. Uh, yes, maybe um, my a little bit more um, uh, a little bit more uh, confidence. I, I that I would love to, to explain to myself. You can be more confident. That's okay. 
Um, but but other than that, I I believe that uh, that yeah, you make mistakes, you learn from them, and if you don't make mistakes, you're you haven't learned uh, uh, as much as you could. So sure. go for it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. Um, going for <laughs> that goes a long way without a doubt. Um, all right, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. So what's something that you'd like to ask me, Peter? Um, I, I feel that uh, along the way, we've, uh, we've definitely, I've, I've put you on the spot. My apologies for You sure for have. That. No, I like uh, that. That's fun. It changes it up. Um, me, keeps me on my toes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, um, maybe you can tell me how, uh, how, how business cards uh, throughout your professional career what do you view of them? Do you think they're important? Maybe you, you think they're long gone. Maybe you'd prefer to see uh, a digital alternative. Tell me a little bit about if, if you're um, like, how, how, do you, how did you feel when you got your first stack of business cards? And when, when was that? Oh, okay. Wow. I love this actually. Um, so I have lots of opinions um, and it keeps changing because I think we're in a very disruptive state with a big evolution that's happening in a lot of different areas of life and work in, in general. Um, but that first question related to my, my first stack of business cards, um, that was a long time ago. It's really freaking exciting, actually, to have a card with my name on it, a title, you know, my um, phone number for the office that I was working at. Uh, I felt like I had... Um, accomplished something because I was in a role that had uh, a business card and, and, you know, that was mine that I earned that. Um, so that, that felt quite amazing and impressive. Um, today, I, I, uh, for the longest time, I just had stacks and stacks and binders full of business cards, um, but I would never do anything with it. And even now, I look at when I do go to events, you know, there are some events happening again now um, and I grab business cards, you know, people have intentions of doing something with them. And I find I'm not following through on that. And I think that's because the last two years with the pandemic, we kind of forgot that process <laughs> of networking in person. But I also find that I'm at events and I don't have my cards on me because again, I just hadn't need to use them anymore. But at the same time, it's really easy to just collect that necessary information, um, you know, by connecting on LinkedIn or I'll open up my email and just send a quick email to the person. So then I have their email address and they have my contact information or text each other right away. So um, I don't have an efficient process right now. And that's part of the frustration that I have. Um, but I also find that I, at times people are asking me for my card or there's opportunities that I wish I could just leave my card with someone, um, but I'm not always carrying them with me. So I feel like we're in this very gray state of the intention and purpose of business cards. So I don't know if that was what you wanted to yeah. hear. <laughs> oh, no, you are the perfect use case for our product. So uh, first of all, I think we've lost that magic a little bit along the way, right? And But I'm so glad that you mentioned that. The first time you get your business card, you do feel that you've accomplished something. You have arrived. There is confirmation of, of what you have achieved. And I believe that that, um, um, is, is, that has gone away a little bit with, with, the, with the, the, the move to, to digital and with the fact that everything else around us is so 
disconnected from that paper business card, that 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 magic has gone and away a little bit. Um, but I believe that you can. I, I think I think it's really cool that you still remember that because I felt the same way when I got my stack of business cards, and and I remember the thickness of the paper and and the look and the feel, and you see that logo, you see your title. It's, you, it's really part of that that first day on the job, or uh, at least that confirmation. So that magic, I think we brought that back by by having a metal card or a wood card that is laser engraved, and that when the moment I meet you, Lori, and I tap. The only thing I do is I hold my card against your phone and my, my contact details magically show up. So the moment that I do that and we meet, you're never ever gonna forget about me again because I tap my card against your phone, wirelessly, magically, a notification shows up, you tap on it, you see my contact details ready to be saved. Now, that's that's step number one. I think that is that we are, that there's that that seamless uh, need. My, my name, everybody will, will probably make the mistake of, of spelling Peter different because there's an extra letter in there. So if I would ask you to open up your email app and say, hey, just type up Peter at mobilicar.com, everybody's gonna forget the I, it's P-I-E-T-E-R at mobilicar.com. What if I just tap my phone, my card against your phone and you could just save it and then send me an email? That would be so much better. Mm -hmm. But Mobilo has um, a lead gen mode and then we exchange contact details. So I do the same thing. I tap my card against your phone. It asks you for, for your phone number and email address. And you can really type that up really quickly because you know your phone number and email address better than I do uh, than, than if I would tell you to or if I, you would give it to me verbally. So probably with autofill, it's two taps and, and that's it. Then we exchange contact details automatically. Our system sends you a text message with my contact details. I have yours because you've entered that. You just entered that. But... When I go home at the end of the networking session, I've met 50 people and all of those, that all of that information is now automatically already synced with my CRM because through Zapier, we can immediately send that info straight to Salesforce or HubSpot or Pipedrive or whatever your, your favorite uh, tool is. Even if you wanted it in Excel, sheet, you can do that too. So now I get home and there's nothing that I have to do to enter all of that information. It's already in there. So... I believe that that's, that's, the, that's the big win here. And that's when, when we speak about technology being a service and sort of a, a butler, sort of your, the, the assistant, the digital assistant to you, then, then that's what we've solved. Oh, I think that's super awesome. Love it. That's super amazing. Um, and a fun question, because I've not been asked about business cards on my podcast ever. So thank you for getting a little creative with that. Although I understand how it tied into your offering, but I can see that that's that is really interesting. Made me think a little bit about the experience that I'm giving because I have a fairly green team. I have a lot of interns or fresh out of college um, team members, and um, I haven't really given them that experience of this is your first business card. So thank you mm. for for giving me that little time to reflect. Um, as we're getting near the end of the show here, Peter, what final word or advice would you like to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Yeah, um, I I think you should be yourself. I, uh, we uh, so I've uh, been building the team here, and um, uh, one of the things that uh, one of our BDRs randomly at some point said to me is that Peter, thank you for 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 so uh, for the fact that I can be myself within the team. And I believe that 
whatever role you want to to play in life uh, during work, you're not the strongest version of yourself if you're not yourself. You have to find your own strengths and let those shine. I really believe that that that's super important. Of course, um, some some parts of your yourself should be a little bit more reserved. But when it comes to professional uh, and ambition, professional ambitions and 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 strong characters, be yourself and and trust that that's enough. Uh, and also that other people res- will respect that. So that could be a good basis uh, for you to find the the energy to go out there, make new contacts, find new people to to either help them or let them help you or make new business. And otherwise you just had a, had a great day at a networking event. And, um, and what's wrong with that? Yeah, I love that. So if anyone is interested in getting in t- contact with you, what's the best way that they can reach you? Uh, well, my, my uh, email address and phone number are plastered all over the website, mobilacard.com. You can always just send me an email, P-I-E-T-E-R at mobilacard.com. Happy to help. Whatever it is I can do for you, uh, reach out. And um, uh, thanks. if you do, thanks for reaching out. And I would love to hear from you. All right. That's awesome. We will include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Peter. Oh, you've been a great, great host. Uh, thanks so much for having me. You know, I appreciate your your questions that keep me on my toes here. <laughs> All right. Well, this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Peter for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn. I'm always looking forward to hearing from my listeners. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. And most importantly, go reach out, connect with someone, reconnect with someone from your past or find someone new that you'd like to connect with. That's what it's all about. Go and build those relationships. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.